Hi, I'm Tashi from Paint by Tashi Jade Bell on Instagram, formerly Teacup of Makeup. And I'm Flora, a beauty brand representative and a makeup artist. And this is the Beauty Business Podcast, where we talk about the business, commercial and legal matters in relation to the multi-billion dollar beauty industry. So we have a very special guest with us today, and it's Dixon Lam, the founder and owner of Elkapok Natural Skincare. Hi, Dixon. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, Tashi. Hey, Flora. Thanks for having me here. I'm so I'm so proud to be here, and I'm so um. This is my first podcast, so I hope I don't say anything wrong. <laughs> and, um, but I'm so happy. Like I'm just so happy to be able to like share my experiences with you guys. Like you know about. Um, running the brand, owning the brand, how I came up with the concept. And I think that's what you guys wanted to ask me about, a little bit more about yeah, the brand exactly, story exactly. and the history of, you know, Alcapoc. Where did it come from? How did it How did it arise? Um, so I'm super excited to share that with you guys today. And we're so excited that you've made the time for this. So we're very grateful. Yes. Thank yes, you. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. So um, maybe we should start with your background, Dixon. Um, you've come from a very different background to most of the beauty brand owners that we meet. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people have asked me about my my background and my working background before I was in Alcapoc. So I've been doing this for five years now, Alcapoc Natural Skincare. And that started with, you know, just like this small idea. And um, basically, I couldn't find any products for myself on the market. And I just wanted to find something or just make something that used the best natural ingredients that was manufactured in Sydney or Australia. And that basically didn't sensitize my skin. Those were the main things that I was basically looking for in the brand. But coming back to your question um, about my background, I'm actually an architect. So I used to um, design mm. interiors and buildings mm. and I, I was actually quite, um, I don't know, I, 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 I did quite a big, a few big projects mm. such as like that. Quite, um, quite a successful uh, architect. Oh, <laughs> oh! I did it. I did it for a few oh, come years. On. I, I, I did it for a few years, guys. But um, I realized that wasn't my dream and it wasn't my passion. As much as I loved architecture and design, it really didn't. Um, it didn't keep me motivated every day at work. Oh, okay. So that that's kind of when you know I moved back to Sydney five years ago. And, and where did like, you move back from? Um, I was living in Shanghai. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's really funny because I actually never imagined myself living in Shanghai or China, actually. Yeah, because you, you were born in Australia, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm from Sydney. Yeah, so, so what happened was I, um, I moved overseas um, for basically I just wanted a traveling experience after I had graduated. And at that time, I was like, I really want to move to Europe. I love, you know, I love London. I love Rome. I love Berlin. And I was like, I had all these countries and places I wanted to be. <laughs> yes. And at that time, um, I met a partner that actually lived in Beijing. And so somehow I just ended up in China. And um, I was supposed to go there for three months at first. And it turned out to be uh, five years by the end of it. That's amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that whole five years in a whole yeah. different episode. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, so you're an architect by background. So, I mean, take it's a huge leap from going from architecture into the beauty industry. And I'm sure it must have been a bit of a culture shock for you as well. What have your experiences been so far? Yeah, look, um, there definitely were and are a lot of challenges and these challenges come up every day. And I think as a business owner, you need to learn to overcome these challenges and Mm. adversities that you face. So when I had first conceptualized this idea, I was like, okay, there is this gap in the market where you know, we need a high quality natural product made in Australia that uses good ingredients for sensitive skin. And I wanted to make the next generation um, product. However, from that moment to now being five years apart, there was, there's, there's so many things that I've come across and I've learned and I've developed and I've grown as a person. I'd never knew when I had basically started the brand or started the idea. So at the beginning, I guess you could say I was, I was naive being like, oh, I can, mm. I can, I can go and um, mm. create a brand and, and you know, penetrate the market. Mm. Sure, there's a gap, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of rules, regulations. There's a lot of networking to be done. There's a lot of business development that needs to be done. There's a lot of, there's so many things. And as a brand owner, you need to know how to do everything pretty much pretty much especially mm. when you're an entrepreneur and and currently you have a, a fairly small team mm. don't you so it's pretty you're pretty hands-on yeah so so I, I love to be really hands-on and I think that comes from my architectural background so what I learned in architecture was that it really taught me how to perfect things or how to create things at a very very high quality I when, when I designed buildings I always only sought for the best. So when I design spaces, I put, you know, walls and floors and ceilings together. It's like it's like constructing something. So mm. the way that I view projects is in the same way. It's like building something up. So you slowly build something up. And when you put all the pieces of the jigsaw together, that's when you see something truly work. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think from conceptualization to the actual product. Yes. The whole process must have been a huge learning curve for you. Yeah. So there was, there was look, there's always learning and I love learning. That's so, great. So, yeah. Same. So <laughs> me as a person, one of my true values as a person is that I, I believe that one should never stop learning. So there's always new skills out there. There's always new technology. There's new things that you can always learn. And those, those things that you, you know, you, um, you, you get inspiration from the outside world. Sometimes it makes you pivot your idea mm. or it helps you to see what you're doing more clearly. So when mm. I first had started the brand, I knew I wanted to make a very small and boutique collection of, of products. Mm. But at that time it was like, oh, what products would I make? Would it be a cleanser? Would it be a toner? Would it be serums? Would it be elixirs? Would it be face oils? Would it be moisturizer? There were so many questions um, to be answered. And the more that I kind of researched the market and the more that I looked into, you know, what other brands were doing, what price points points were they at, were they at, excuse me. Um, it, it kind of made it more clear to me what I needed to do to make a product that I truly loved that would sit into the marketplace and, and 
truly fit, not only to the market, but also for me, for something truly that I truly believe in and love. Mm. And I can see like the passion that you have for creating beautiful natural skincare products. I mean, it comes true in just, even just by looking at the products themselves, their packaging, the, your boxes, just from your yeah, website. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and yeah. I understand you did it all by yourself. Yes. So I, I basically drive, I basically drive the whole concept. Um, however, I do, I do consult with some companies to give me some design advice and also to give me some, uh, general like marketing and things like, you know, um, ideas for Instagram and marketing and business development. Mm. But however, um, I basically conceptualized the whole idea and I worked with, um, a company to bring it to life. So I didn't do mm. the whole thing. I basically created the concept and I, um, I basically worked with them in collaboration. It was really good because we totally aligned in terms of our vision and the owner of that brand has now become a close friend of mine. And because I, f I feel like she has, um, yeah, she's a, she's a regular consumer of luxury goods and, um, you know, and skincare. So she really kind of understood the brief that I was mm. giving because when you start your brand, it's, it's like, okay, um, you need to create everything. You need to create, mm -hmm. you know, the personality of the brand, not just the name. Mm -hmm. A name is very easy to come up with. Really? But, you know, the, <laughs> like, like, like the name is the, is, is the, it, it's the 101. It's, it's the most basic. Well, what does your, what does Alcopox stand for again? Yeah. What does it actually, like, how did you come up with it? Um, well, I've, I've been really inspired by like ancient practices for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so my mother, she used calendula on my skin as a child because, you know, mm -hmm. I suffered from eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis. I have like a myriad of allergies, like every kind of allergy you can imagine. And so I've just had like her horrible skin my whole life. Mm -hmm. And that really impacted me, like self-confidence. It impacted me like- No, yes, yeah. yeah. You would probably know that, Tashi, right? Yeah. Like when, when you're not confident in yourself and Flora as well, like some days you're just not feeling it and you're like- Yeah, and it just, 100%. It just, it affects your mood, even like the way you socialize with people, the way you go or out there. Or not socialize. Yeah, you just, you just even like go into a recluse even because you, mm. you're just embarrassed. Because of your skin. Yeah, yeah. totally yeah. get it. And, and that was like most of my childhood really. Mm. And mm -hmm. so when I saw that that calendula was working and there were other various herbs that um, my mother would use as well, mm. um, I thought, you know what? These natural herbs extracts are working. So why not create a more modernized version rather than applying the herb directly to the skin? Let's create it mm. in a modernized skincare way. And so that's kind of how the idea started. Now, the name Alcapoc itself, um, I created it by merging two words that I like closely am aligned with. Yeah. Um, one was alchemy, which was, oh. um, so alchemy is a very ancient practice um, used in the mid Middle Ages. And that's, mm -hmm. and it's seen through so many cultures in the world. 
Um, it's used in the Middle East. There was, it was in Europe. It was in Asia. So this whole idea of alchemy was like so intriguing and interesting, so mystical. And I was like, mm. hmm, I love this idea that we can create something mystical about it. And so I, I love this idea of alchemy. On the other hand, I love apothecary as well. Well, what apothecary is, is apothecary is like an ancient day chemist. So mm. that's where you would go if you needed to go see a doctor or a physician to get bandages, to get, to get remedies. And so by combining those two ideas together, I created the word alkapok, alchemy and that's apothecary. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you can see like a lot of my ideas are very concept driven. So yeah. um, everything from the brand name to the products, everything is like driven by a concept definitely the architect in me <laughs> yeah that's all and also very organic i think in the way it grew um this is probably like a tough question for you but i understand that you you stopped working as an architect at, to focus solely on creating alcohol and that was how many years so i've been working on this for five years now yeah so it's it's been a really really long journey and Definitely during COVID, that was really um, one of the toughest times for me. Mm. Um, I'm sure it was for everybody as well. Um, it's It was just a time when like I, I basically had the products ready to go b yeah. before COVID, but I, I didn't know if the market was ready or confident yeah. enough to take on a new brand. Yeah, because you only launched your uh, Alcopop in last November, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So it would have been really tough on you financially and mentally as well, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, it, it was. So I basically waited out between six, six, six nine months um, last year before launch, even though the products were kind of, they were ready and ready to go. Um, mm. I, I took that strategic decision because I felt like, the market wasn't ready, as I said, and oh, I was right. waiting kind of for an uptick, a more momentum in the market where people were more confident and more driven, where consumer confidence was a bit higher, almost like in, in Sydney or Australia, um, mm -hmm. where people were more willing to spend money. That was the mm -hmm. time where I felt like um, I wanted to launch. Um, I had I had received a, like, you know, advice and guidance from others where they were like oh no you should launch during covid everyone's spending money at home mm -hmm. everyone's shopping blah 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 but i i didn't feel it was the in my gut mm. it didn't feel right because i think people were spending money but they were spending money where they had purchased the product before mm -hmm. I, I don't believe mm. that people were spending money on new products mm. on products they had not tried before mm-hmm yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's very true because, like, um, during uh, lockdown the first time, being in retail, I noticed that definitely there was a trend in skincare, but in store a lot of people were buying products that they either heard on social media and, like, was raved on by, like, from influencers. So you, you do make a very valid point there. Yeah, for sure. Um, like... There, there, there's one thing where, like, you know, we can see that there are customers buying, 
but mm. it's quite different when you're in a new startup or a yeah, new brand. Yeah, when you're a new brand nobody knows of and yeah, it's definitely, I guess that's the hardest part, right? Like put, that, making your name for yourself out there and having people experience it and realizing how good the products are. That's it. That's it. But I think you, you, were, you were right in trusting your instincts about delaying yeah. the launch of Alcopop because very soon after you became or Alcopop's um, divinity was a, became a finalist in the Best Beauty Awards uh, with the Green Edit, which was not operating at all much last year. Yeah, um, it was actually so funny because... It was right. It was right then when I like I just had this idea and I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna launch it now. Like there was, there was no right. There's no right. I don't think there's a right or wrong time. Mm. It was more of a gut feeling. And yeah, working in this space um, myself with, to be honest, I didn't really have many contacts in the in- industry either. I really built that up by myself when when I came back to Sydney. Um, most of most of the decisions that I've I've uh, you know that I've made or drawn upon in the business have always been from my gut, and so mm. you know ninety five ninety eight percent of the time I always follow my gut, and it's mostly right. Um, you know, it, it it was really tough those six to nine months or even years, um, but I think I think um, it was all done. Looking back, I think I made the right choice. I think so. Mm. I think so. I think so too. So how, another tough question. How did you survive financially through the years when you were developing Alcopoc and just working solely on Alcopoc? Yeah. yeah, okay. So th- this is, this a, is really, a financial this is re- question. This is really <laughs> tough. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, I'll share. Like, you know, there's so many business um owners out there and um i mean yeah, you know, it's, to be. it's for the the people who think that they can they've got a good idea and that they can launch a bestseller immediately i mean we're, we're talking about practicalities here yeah 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 um the financial side i have to admit is actually one of the most difficulty uh the most difficult sides of launching the business so you can have your concept you can have your product you can have all these things and not having your finances right is, I would say, one of the keys, one of the key factors that could lead to failure. Yes. Now, how mm. I how I personally survived, mm. um, a few years back, um, a few years back, what I, I was investing in shares and I invested in cryptocurrency, and mm. so <laughs> I had I had actually bought I had actually bought some Bitcoin um, when it was a, a little bit cheaper. And so some of the profits I had from that, I actually used, um, over the years. Um, but however, I don't think everyone is, uh, you know, can get into the, can, 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 can get into the market at the right time at the right price. And it's not, you know, they, they could have also, um, been worth nothing as well. So it, it's a very risky type of investment. Um, but at that time, I think, I think looking back, it, it paid off. Mm. Um, but it was, it was the right time at the right place. Guess follow your gut. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite product? Like, um, yeah, like you, when you was talking about like, you know, you want to find that product that you really like. So what would you say, um, out of obviously all the products 
are your favorite, or else you wouldn't have launched it. But what yeah. would you say is your ultimate? Oh, it's so hard to answer that question. So <laughs> that's a hard so, question, Flora. I know. It's so difficult. So, which one of your babies do you like most? Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's probably like you know the most basic question, but the mm. way the way I see it is that. So I've developed four products that they all serve very different needs, and yeah. like me for me personally, um, and I've I've told Tashi this off air as well, um, is that I actually use I use all four products, and I'll t- I'll tell okay. you why. So what I do personally is like okay, so in the mornings. When so I wake so up, hang on, hang on. For those who don't know, uh, Alcopoc has four uh, pillar items. So there's two elixirs and two face oils, and. Um, Dixon, you want to tell us a little bit more about these products? Yeah, yeah sure. So, so what we're saying is that, um, so there's the four products, so two elixirs and two face oils. Now, it's basically what I found on the market was that most of the skincare routines out there, if you read in magazines, if you read in blogs, online, everything was like for me a little bit too complicated too complex mm. what i wanted to mm. what i wanted to do was like strip it down back to the minimum back to the basics and actually yeah. create skincare that's simple but also effective mm. and so my personal view is that we can we can do less uh, we can do more with less yes. instead yeah. instead of more with more so yep. I think using the correct ingredients or using the correct products for your skin type and applying just the right amount, not too much, you'll mm-hmm. get a better result than I think pe- some people that apply way too much products, you know, sometimes they use six to 10 yes. products. Yeah. It Sometimes our bodies really can't absorb or even use all that product. And mm-hmm. what it does is it creates the opposite effect of what we want. It actually so irritates true. And it actually creates redness, sensitivity, all these mm. things. And I've tried it with so many different products. I've tried it with um, products I've bought off the shelf, products that I've been given. And I found the best way was to strip it back and use quality products that do the job. Mm. So, so, so let, let's come back to so the favorites. Why, why four products? So I wanted to create a really boutique range, four products, two elixirs, two face oils, now in the morning, I like to, so I've got the um, Divinity, the anti-aging mm-hmm. elixir is the first elixir. Mm-hmm. Payon is the- That's right. That's right. So that was named as a finalist yeah. in the green edit yeah. as the best of Australian beauty. And that, look, that's the hero and that's mm-hmm. the best seller. Um, everyone that's used it absolutely adores it and loves it. Wow, it's okay. it, it's just so easy to that's use. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it 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 sinks right in. It's very easy. Um, it's very neutral smelling, so it's a little bit herbaceous, and um, it's just it's just su- super easy to use. You just use a pea sized amount and you use that on your face and your neck, and you can even use it under your eyes. Mm. So, um. I think this is what I need because currently yeah. to the listeners out there, I do have like facial eczema around my chin area from wearing masks, but oh. also around my eyelids. Okay. So yeah, I think this product sounds amazing. I need to get my hands on it. Yeah, I'd love to send some to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I need to do before and after so everyone can see. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so Flora, um, so I would recommend for you the Payon, which is the elixir of um brightness yep. and clarity. So mm -hmm. because because you have the um the the I guess your like redness or acne that yes. you're getting from the face masks, um, yes. the payon is actually more targeted towards redness and irritation. So that helps you not only to brighten your skin tone, but it also helps to deal with the redness and the blotchy um blotchy dry patches that you might get from the mask and where your skin's not breathing well. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that one also safe for the eyes, or would you recommend a it's, different it's product for the eye area? Under the eye, yeah, under the eye area. So all the products have been designed um, for sensitive skin. So that was really important to me because yeah. I've grown up with sensitive skin, and mm. just finding the product was very difficult. It was really difficult, and you don't. It's wanna, so true. Even it, now, I find it difficult to find a range that works because even though on the shelves there's many products that claim it helps eczema and dermatitis mm. i would try it and it still irritates um it will still make it tingly so yeah oh, okay mm. yeah dermatitis and eczema is, is is very obviously that's a uh you know it's a question of um that you would ask a doctor but from my personal experience yes, yeah. I, I i i can tell you what i've done to help um minimize mm dermatitis and eczema in, in myself. Um, I think there's two, there's probably two key points here. The first one I would say is to find out what triggers your eczema and dermatitis. So yes. for every single person that can be quite different. So, so true. So for me, it's like, it's allergies. So it's mm. like if I, um, so I'm allergic to dust, for example. Me and, too. Oh, <laughs> And, and I can't avoid it. It's like yeah, so so it's everywhere. So you you basically yeah. are gonna you're gonna be exposed to that all the time. So yeah. you and I've I've actually witnessed Dixon. He's very very clean. He's constantly wipe, <laughs> wiping things down. <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. Um. So so the first thing is triggers. So from mm. my personal experience, triggers. Um. So for I've got dust allergies i've got um i've got allergies to um dogs and uh, dogs and cats and also to shellfish but mm. i've realized that if i if i stay away from those triggers and i never trigger those events of um breaking out the eczema or dermatitis then it mm. basically will um my body won't really react so that's the first that's the first thing the second yeah. thing is to always moisturize so i so would true. at least need to moisturize my body two to three times a day to make sure that the, the skin is always um it's it's always moisturized you just you just mm. always need to be moisturized as yeah as soon as as soon as you have any dryness or patchiness that's when eczema and dermatitis really spreads mm. and then and then when you have a few patches it's uncontrollable you just <laughs> it's, yeah it, it's like it's too much to handle once it gets there <laughs> to that of point. course because once when it gets dry it's gonna get itchy and then you want to scratch and that's you it. know it's just like a vicious cycle so when you scratch from yeah. one point it goes to two points from two to four four to eight and it just keeps spreading <laughs> it just multiplies and, and so and so the mm. trick is is to prevent the triggers so even stop getting the first point of eczema if you can stop that then you will, the eczema won't reoccur 
Yeah. So that that's was my personal struggle and that's how I've dealt with it. And applying applying the products on top of that, the elixirs and then the face oils, it's really helped to then uh, reduce the eczema and breakout breakouts and redness everything. So it's just mm. stripping back from using too many products and just using basic perfect products for your needs, isn't it? That's, that's what I believe. I think, I think yes. and it's that's it's what truly- happens to me as well because I I'm I'm often testing skincare um, while I'm reviewing them, and I found that my skin will react because I have hypersensitive skin. And what I like to do is when my skin starts to have rashes, I'll just strip it all back and then just use really gentle products like a cream cleanser and jojoba. I really like jojoba. Yeah. So, so it's, it's about finding the products that really work for your body and the ones that your body can absorb really well and it gives you really good results. I think that's that's the key. Um, yeah. As I said before, less is a lot more. Mm. Yeah. So true. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Dixon. I mean, what does a working day look like for you as an entrepreneur? The funny thing is there is no typical working day. So when you mm. do think you have a working day that's typical, it's just – it's. It's the opposite of what you think. So I, I can tell you, I, I can just explain a typical working week, for example. So it might be from anything from designing a box one day, then having to having to get that designed into a graphic file, having then to go get photography and designing a, you know, designing a mood board for photography. And then, you know, at nighttime, you're like, oh, what should I caption the photo? Um, what hashtags should I use? And then... Then you need to think, oh yeah, um, you know, how am I going with marketing? How am I going with PR? How am I going with um, sourcing the bottles? Where am I? Where am I warehousing the bottles? Where am I? Um, where are my customers based? Um, how often do I need to check in with my customers? Um, so every few weeks, you're checking in with your customers, making sure they're all on board, everything's good. You know, um, even today, filming a how to use video to send to shops about, you know, the beauty of the products and how to use them. And then mm-hmm. creating different marketing um, PDFs, files, and even real, um, uh, basically little stands that they, they, they would place in their stores. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, so every day is quite different. But how I like to structure it is every month or every two months, I like to have like a big brainstorm and where I sit down by myself and I just, um, I basically map out where I want to be in two months and I I set strategies out to how to achieve that. So you kind of take little baby steps to get, because the whole business overall is a very, very, very large project and it's at any one time, it can be super overwhelming. So you need to really break down a big project into small compartmentalized um, little pieces. And from that little piece, then you break it down even more into five more pieces. And then you're like, okay, I can do this in a day now. You break those 10 pieces into five pieces. And then you're like, okay, those little five pieces I can do. And that's how you kind of structure your day. So once I know all that from the big strategy point of view, then I delve into the details. So that's Mm. kind of how... I work. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't just um I don't just arbitrarily you know just go and do anything. I'm always like setting.、Mm. I always set myself a goal for three months or six months time,、yeah. and then we we aim to we aim to achieve that. And how do we achieve that? So we just break them down into like bite sized chunks where we're like, okay, this is achievable. Mm. Yeah, you you really have to. Well, you have to think very big picture. So, like the whole brand, you need to think big picture. I'm thinking like global distribution. That's that's my、yeah. goal in say three five years time. But that's it's not easy. How do you、mm. get there? So you need to roadmap that out. So I roadmap that out, and I'm like, okay, well, if I get a couple distributors here in Australia, then I can get one distributor over there in New Zealand, and from、mm. that you can grow, and then you know build your presence, and from that. You go to another country. It's、mm. it's not it's never possible to do all those grand things all at once. Yeah, you need to always be realistic with time as well. Yeah, so true. Yeah, time, money, resources, and also thinking about as a business owner, what is the best use of time? Because there's、mm. always there's always fifty tasks that need to be done, but which tasks are you prioritizing this week? Do you also prioritize、um, uh, downtime for yourself? Yeah, so downtime is really important.、Um, I'm I'm quite into like、um, exercising and doing yoga, so、mm-hmm. that's my way of, you know, being a little bit spiritual, but also reflecting upon like myself and my surroundings as well. So like I think downtime is yeah, like I like to use yoga、um, and meditation as a way of relaxing.、Mm. That's so cool, and I do that probably five times a week. Yeah, that's good. yeah, I think it's good to have that balance in your life, especially when you're you're so hands on with this startup business at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, um, you really have to be really hands on with every single element of the business.、Mm. Um, well, that's what I truly believe in. Um.、Mm. Because this is your baby, basically. Yeah, yeah it? it's ev- it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, before we、um, end today's、uh, episode, do you what 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 advice would you give to somebody who wants to start their own beauty brand? What advice would I give? I would. <laughs> hmm. That's like a that's that's a really tough question. Okay, so let me put it this way: if if I if I had known what I know now, <laughs> if I had known what I know now five years ago before I had started,、mm-hmm. in honesty, I probably wouldn't have started if I was five years ago. Because I think because because I was I, I feel like I was quite naive. I I love what I do and I love everything about it, but it's just a lot more complicated than you may think at first. So the、mm. idea of being this business owner, it seems all glamorous and all this like it's all beautiful and you get to meet all these people and do this and have a brand. That's all great, but you also learn about the complexities of not only what running a business looks like, but also.、Mm-hmm. Being in this super、um, competitive sector,、mm-hmm. it's it's not an easy space to be in,、yes. and and、mm-hmm. not everyone can take on that pressure.、Mm-hmm. Um, but that might have sounded really negative. But what what I'm tr- what what I'm what I'm trying to what I, what I'm trying to 
I think it's it's very practical because you know I often hear people saying to me, "Oh, I've got this idea. I want to start uh, a business." But you know, um, just learning from your experience, I think that it's important. Also, I think before you start anything, to do a bit of due diligence into the industry and um, some research and understanding would be good. I totally agree. Um, if that was one thing that I, I I admit, I think I didn't do all the due diligence that I should have before I had started. And that's probably one thing I reflect upon. And I'm like, I could have done that better. And mm. I would advise that, you know, someone coming into the industry is to learn as much as you can, grasp all the ideas out there, you know, be a sponge, soak it all up and then see like, I think the difference right now is like, you need to see what you can offer that's different to what other people are doing. That's, that's I think, the key because it is a very, very um, comp- competitive space. That's, that's the truth. It's really competitive. And, and more than likely, there's, there's someone out there doing something very similar to you already. So true. Yeah. So Dixon, um, what are your plans for the next six to 12 months for Alcapoc? So I see Alcapoc um, going places. So I would love to get stocked. Um, basically, I want to grow the presence in Australia. I need to consolidate the Australian presence before I even bring that overseas and bringing, um, giving it more international exposure. So some of the really important brands that I would love to work with are like TVSN. I would love to work with Mecca, you know, the likes of Sephora, Flora and Fauna, um, Active Skin, um, iconic. There's so many like, um, brands that, or brands or, or mark retailers, marketplaces that I'd love to work with, to be exposed to just to talk and see if there was an opportunity of alignment between their brand and Alcapoc. Um, I see the next six to 12 months as a really pivotal point for the brand because it really needs to grow in, like in, in front of Australians and have them recognize the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that all comes true and, um, yeah, like for all the listeners out there, go check out the brand, check out his website and his amazing products. So, um, no, Dixon, your website is? So, the website's alcapoc.com, A-L-C-A-P-O-C.com. And you're also on, on Instagram as? Uh, the Instagram is alcapoc natural skincare, all in one word. Wonderful. Thank you. Check it out, guys. <laughs> Definitely. We're following you already. <laughs> stalking you every day. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dixon. And we really appreciate the insights that you shared yes. with us today. Oh, thanks, thanks for guys. sharing your story. <laughs> thanks, guys, for having me. It's awesome to chat. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at the Beauty Business Podcast if you have any further questions. Yes, do DM us too if you would like us to cover any particular issues. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to having you on our next episode. Have a great, have a great week, week all. all.